Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yep, welcome back, everybody. Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86. Alex Regla at AlexMRegla. We are back with you here for another episode of Taco Tuesday on Lakers Silver Screen and Roll. Alex, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing pretty well, man. Just got off of work. Uh, it's pretty crazy windy over here. But uh, besides that, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing good, man. I mean, we're back on lockdown here in Southern California. I don't know where you're listening to this. I'm sure we have people listening from everywhere. So here in Southern California, back on lockdown, which basically means like only essential services are open. No restaurants, no bars, no hair salons, no barbershops, no no zoos, even though you told me something off air that just raised our eyebrows <laughs> about zoos. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I mean, sitting at home and, and just getting ready to hunker down for it looks like for the month of December. So were you lucky enough to get a haircut before things shut down again? Right, not on purpose. Uh, got one about a week ago. Um, the day before Thanksgiving, I got one. So that might be two weeks. No, that's about a week ago. Um, I got one the day before Thanksgiving, and it looks like I won't get one until 2021 now. But I wasn't really like – I think in total since COVID started, I've I've had three haircuts, like professional haircuts. Um, and I don't have long hair. I've just been cutting it myself. So it's been looking pretty haggard in the back because <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to do it back there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, what about you? Did you go and get a professional haircut? I, I did, just because I had a feeling like the way the numbers were looking, like, yeah, we're probably going to close down again. So let me at least go get a haircut to support my barber, too, because I feel for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, On thankfully, Saturday, I, 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 purposely, I purposely got it really short, cause so okay. I, I would know I can like last a little longer and... But yeah, uh, before that, it was just all home haircuts, which just... It's like Movember before your hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, home haircuts are not fun, though. No, they're not. They're not fun. And uh, I used to do them when I didn't have money to get haircuts, and they were never fun. So uh, what about, like, what was the last day in L.A., like, to be able to go out? That's been a while, right? Like, outdoor dining has been closed in L.A. for a while? Yeah, I think it was earlier last week. Uh, I mean, it it really hasn't impacted me much. I'm not very social <laughs> in terms of, like, going out to places. So all of this really hasn't impacted me that much. I kind of just doing what I always do. And, uh, yeah, so I, I know it's harder for a lot of other people, but hopefully these restrictions help out. Hopefully they – and then you know what? We'll see what it means for pro sports going forward. It doesn't – like in San Francisco – the San Jose Spartans, I don't know why I started there instead of San Francisco 49ers, um, <laughs> those teams are not allowed to play in their home stadiums. So you had uh, San Jose State play in Hawaii last week. They were playing the University of Hawaii. Lucky for them. That sounds cool. And then for the Niners, they're moving, or they moved to Phoenix. They played there last night, and that's where they're going to play their next couple home games. It hasn't been announced yet if anything like that's going to happen in L.A. or anywhere else in, in California. Um, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on because what if they do that in California where Gavin Newsom's like, Hey, no pro sports. Clearly the Lakers and Clippers are not going to have fans in the stadium and their arenas to start off with, but it will be interesting just to keep an eye on that because if Santa Clara has been a very, very, very progressive trying to get COVID rid of the County and they shut down things early and we'll see what happens in LA, but there's something to keep an eye out. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think the Lakers also run the few teams whose G League team 
looks like it's not going to be participating in any bubbles or anything this year. So yeah, they're going to probably be as impacted as anywhere else, especially with the growing cases over here. Yeah, so it's uh, COVID's going to be an interesting uh, thing to do. I, I saw a headline and I wasn't sure. It might have been KCP actually. Yeah, it was KCP. He said um, they asked him about you know secondary safety precautions players have to pay attention to as they manage COVID nineteen, and he said have just having conversations with your wife about her friends and and that's more stress. So like players are actually going to have to deal with COVID during the season, which is something that really they didn't have to do in the bubble last year. So like we talked about last week a little bit, it'll be a different league because of COVID. Um, you know, however you feel about vaccines, the first people in England took the vaccine today. So hopefully, I think we could all agree that we're ready to, for this to be over. And hopefully today is the beginning of the end. But at least for the time being, since basketball starts on Friday, preseason, uh, NBA is going to have to deal with COVID. And I believe it was the first round of testing, 43 players tested positive or 53 players tested positive out of 457 tests. So something they're going to have to deal with again. Yeah, I, I think I think back to going to what we talked about last week with Luka Doncic's comments. It's like whichever team and players and organization take this the most seriously and are the most strict and are you know have buy-in from their players. I think they might have an advantage here. It's true, and if it's one of the it's one of the things that I brought up was it last year when I was like the veteran team that the Lakers yeah. have will like benefit or is it a deterrent in a place like the bubble because they miss their families they miss being around all their luxuries that they have lebron lives in it like lebron's daughter has a bigger house in my apartment in her backyard like and now he's (laughs) he's stuck in a hotel room so it could be like a reverse effect like are who's going to take covid more seriously is it a veteran-led team is it a younger team so who knows it's it's there's so many questions heading into the year we're going to start getting a little bit of answers because, like I said, on Friday, and that's what we're here to talk about today, is the beginning of the season is just around the corner. December 22nd is two weeks away. That's opening night. That is when the Lakers take on the Clippers. But first, they have to take four preseason games, the first two yep. against the Clippers, both at Staples, and then two in Phoenix against the Suns. Uh, on Friday, today, Frank Vogel said it is highly unlikely that LeBron and Anthony Davis will play in Friday's preseason game. Uh upset about it feelings about it what do you think no not not upset at all like it's expected that they're not going to play i am curious though and i'm not sure if you have thoughts on this how likely it is they play at all this preseason like i I, they're going to play likely a few stints but do you think this is just make sure they get into the season as healthy and as rested as possible i would assume so i think lebron said like LeBron said on one of the, I think it was road tripping, where he said, I had a Christmas vacation planned because the NBA originally told us that we will we will let you guys enjoy Christmas with your families. Obviously, money talks, and they told us that's not going to happen. So um, I don't think his mindset is ready for basketball yet. Obviously, I don't know how they're going to turn it on or whatever that means. Like, you know, I don't know how quickly they're going to get into basketball mode, but they the players themselves were not expecting to be there now. So I don't expect them to be, especially LeBron and AD guys like that. I don't expect them to play too much. I think a lot of the new guys will get some minutes Mm -hmm. just to get used to Frank Vogel's offense. And I also think we're going to see a lot of like THT and maybe Costas and guys like that playing in the preseason. Yeah. And it, you know, honestly, it would be great just to get more reps in for LeBron AD with those new guys, because like you said, the new seasons in a matter of a few weeks and, 
I know they're practicing almost every other day, but practice can only do so much in terms of gaining those reps and that experience with those guys and learning their tendencies and building that chemistry because that was such a big part of this team last year that the more time they have with each other and the more time they could kind of adapt and, and learn from each other, that's going to be kind of crucial here. But you know what, though? I remember um, LeBron playing a lot of preseason last year. Yeah. Last offseason. And I remember... His first year with the Lakers, his first game as a Laker was here in San Diego. And everybody's like, oh, he might play like two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Like, it's not going to be a lot. And then he played like a whole half. It's so true. Le- LeBron has always kind of got in. Like, I feel like once he starts playing, he's just ready to play. So he might get some run. Now, m- me personally, I hope they get like no run. Just, I don't, we saw it last year. You lose to the Clippers game one, and you can recover. So um, I, to me, take your time. I know it's a lot of new pieces. A lot of important pieces, but I think it's going to be like I think Schroeder, I think Harrell, I think Kuzma, I think Marcus All, I think guys that are I, that don't have a defined role or are new to the team should play more. We all know what AD has to do. We all know what LeBron has to do. Yeah. As the year goes on, they will develop the chemistry. I don't think four preseason games going to change that. So to me, let them rest as much as they want. Get the new guys in and the guys that don't have a defined role in the, and get those minutes started early. I think you actually brought up a good point because, like you said, we know what LeBron and we know what AD are going to do. And going into the preseason and into next season, we actually don't know what the actual starting lineup is going to look like. So the more reps these guys can get with each other in terms of starters and bench guys might be more beneficial without LeBron and AD there because, like, Schroeder says he wants to start. We don't know if he's going to start. So him getting reps now without LeBron, without AD could kind of give him that bench experience if he doesn't end up starting or Harrell may play for AD in, in these games and he gets some time with Marcus all which he might not usually have get in the regular season so maybe this is like a blessing in disguise and the guys not named LeBron and AD kind of learn how to play with each other yeah it'll be interesting to see so when you think about this year obviously preseason is not important um so we won't really focus on that I don't think people are are going to tune into to this podcast or any podcast and want to hear a breakdown of preseason basketball. Obviously, important things happen on there, but you can't take too much. Oh, I from think it. I think you're wrong. Really? <laughs> I think this fan base, like, I'm going to be watching every second of THT of Devontae Kaycock. Like, they're hungry for anything Lakers. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, preseason at the end of the day doesn't matter, and I hope they don't try to go out there and try to win. Really so maybe I should just speak for myself. <laughs> maybe I won't be watching every minute of preseason expecting breakdowns because I just think like the guys that are going to play a lot will not be playing a lot in the regular season. Now, this year could be different early on. We've talked about this. We've emphasized this. We don't know what the minutes are going to look like. We Obviously, you can listen to this podcast network. Anthony and, and uh, Harrison did a breakdown of load management and what that could look like for LeBron and players this year. So if you want that, check that one out from yesterday. Um but really, it is going to be a talking point for the Lakers early on. How much are they going to play? The shortest NBA, it's the shortest offseason ever of any four major sport in America. How much are, is a 36 year old LeBron going to play? It's a big question. So maybe I am wrong when you say THT, Kaycock, guys like that, they might be getting regular season minutes early on because there might be yeah. 12 to 15 guys playing every game. So, yeah, like that's another really good point. Like, this, these could be minutes in the preseason where we can kind of just like laugh them off and say they don't matter, but 
they could be valuable if guys like Kaycock and THT do get some extensive run in the regular season, especially early on when you're transitioning guys coming off that long that long uh, finals run, playoff run, into playing regular season basketball again. You might want to ease LeBron and AD's minutes where they're not playing over 30 every night. Maybe it's in the mid-20s, and you need other guys to step up. And, hey, that's why having young legs on the roster is always important, right? They can kind of exert that energy when the other guys don't have to. Yeah, for sure. But when you look at the regular season, last year it was pretty obvious that LeBron and Lakers – they wanted the one seed. They wanted to be the one seed. They thought it was important to be the one seed. It was sending a statement to the West that we are the ones. We heard LeBron talk about it in post-game press conferences after the finals. And during the finals, like, nobody thought we could win the West. We won the West. So, like, it was clearly an objective, a goal of theirs to be the number one seed in the West. Do you think that is, A, another expectation for them, and, B, really all that important this year? Uh, yeah, that's a tough question. Like, I I would assume and I would guess that it's not as important this year for a few reasons. Like, they first of all, they came. They already kind of proved how good they are. They won the championship, so obviously they did what they set out to do. But I, I think also the fact that home court advantage might not be as important this year as it has been in years past because of the no fans, and they're kind of used to not playing with a home court advantage in the bubble. So maybe they're not going to push as hard to get that number one, two, three seed if at the end of the day it's not going to really help them in terms of the advantages that come with it. So I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think that it's pretty important. I I don't see a home court advantage unless you know you end up playing in Texas or Florida or Arizona. Mm-hmm. That I think those states will continue to have fans. I mean, they already have fans now. I saw a fight on Saturday night at Cowboy Stadium with 16,000 people in attendance. So, um, you know, I think that's where it's going to be important. I don't think as far as the Lakers having fans there, I, at least early on, I don't know if by June it'll be a different story. I know uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci said by September he could anticipate full stadiums again. So who knows really what it's going to look like. Um, but just from a team standpoint, I feel like last year they were trying to send a message. They yeah. sent that message by winning the finals. That was the message they sent. Not only, and now the message they sent now this year, sending this year is, we are not only trying to repeat, we are reloaded. We have come back and we have got younger, we got better, and now we're going out to prove that we are just as good as we were last year. I think that's the message they're going to send. Now, does that mean that they're going to try and go out and win 60 games? I don't think so. Or 65 games? I don't think so. But who knows? Um, I don't think it's as important. But I also don't think that the West is much better than it was last year. Do you? Like I, I look at the West, and I see the Lakers that made a whole bunch of changes. I see the Clippers kind of scrambled there after Trez left and, and then added some pieces, I think. Um, the Suns obviously got Chris Paul. Uh, the Rockets are collapsing as we speak, collapsing into a strip club. Um, you got the Nuggets, who have been really quiet. Um, the Kings didn't really do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I brought the Kings up. Um, just saying, like... I, I don't know who's going to be a, as good as the Lakers in the West. So, yeah, no, it, you're right. In terms of the actual contenders in the West and the teams that were in the playoffs last year, I can't really, outside of like a team like Portland, I can't think of a team that noticeably got better. Like you mentioned the Clippers, they lost Trez. And I, I know Clipper fans have like a love-hate relationship with him now, but he was still a valuable player for their team, especially in the regular season. He, you know, six man of the year. 
They also lost Jermichael Green, who is really valuable for them. They did get Ibaka, and um, so we'll see how that helps them. I think it will help them. But so I lost uh, Landry Shamit, Montrez Harold. Yeah, Michael they Green. lost some key rotation guys, and and they got Ibaka, Luke Kennard, and Nicholas Batum. They also have a new head coach, so we don't. They also which is have where I think team. they got worse. Okay, uh, see, I mean, who knows? Like the chemistry yeah. there wasn't great, so maybe a new change of scenery and the guy who's the head coach now could be valuable. Like this team was still really good. Like I know we can joke and make like make jokes with them and stuff. This was still a team that shouldn't have blown that 3-1 lead. They could have faced the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Like they things could have gone different if I, I, a few other things were changed, but it does speak of how much team chemistry is important and Yeah. So, but in terms of like on paper, I'm not saying the Clippers got so much better that the Lakers should fear them in terms of playing them in a playoff series or in terms of how seriously they take the regular season um yeah i look at the clippers and they're still a good team as long as you have paul george and quiet you're going to be good jokes aside you're going to be good yeah. plus paul george already gave the that that beautiful i want to finish my career <laughs> in la thing which he said in oakland he said in indiana so, or, or not oakland oklahoma and indiana so that's a great start to the season but I just think on paper, if you look at if you just strictly look at a roster, last year I feel like there was a lot of mismatches between the Lakers and the Clippers. This year I feel like it's a little bit more even. Mm-hmm. So the concerns that I had last year, we never got to actually see them in the playoffs, and now this year we obviously won't see. I just think on paper the Lakers are more equipped to handle the Clippers in a seven-game series. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, just look at the Western Conference, and I think the Lakers were easily easily the team who got better. Like, uh, and besides Portland, I don't think any of the other contenders made enough moves to put them over the top or to put them in the same tier as the Lakers. I think the Lakers actually were very aggressive in getting better, and that was something that other teams didn't do. So I don't know how much that changes in terms of what how aggressive or how serious the Lakers take the regular season. Like, I don't think... That, knowing that they can win in the finals with this core... And it's essentially the same core, like outside of Dwight and McGee, which those guys didn't play in every playoff series. I think they have at least proven that when these guys get on the court, they can win. And I hope they don't like rest on their morals and don't take it seriously and kind of just say, oh, well, no matter what, we're going to win and and do do the work and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm not sure what there is to prove this year. Last year, I had the infamous podcast where we were trying to predict what that season would look like. And I think I was, I said something like, um, there's so many new pieces playing together. Like, I think the Lakers could struggle early on, which will lead them to have a lower playoff seed mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, eight, seven, just giant pie in my face. And this year, I feel completely different, even though it's basically a lot of the same. Like, when, when as far as storylines go, it's a lot of new pieces, a lot of things to get to know but it just it just feels different because do you agree with this that last year all the moves felt like a reaction to Kawhi going to the Clippers whereas this year it felt like an established plan and vision and it was successful like I felt like last year was clearly plan b maybe c and this year just feels like Rob was plan a all the way and actually executed it yeah, I can't. I mean, I don't know what else they could have done outside of at, like swinging a huge trade for like another star that um, they would have missed out on. Yeah, it seems like this. These were the moves they 
had circled in, in terms of what they wanted to accomplish. They got younger. Uh, their bench got a lot better, obviously, with Schroeder and Trez. If those guys start or come with the bench, they added, they replaced Danny Green with Wes Matthews, who is a bit of more of a physical wing defender than Danny Green is. Um, yeah, I think they just got better in a lot of different places. And I can't see, like, I'm not, like, you, you mentioned earlier that last season you thought they would struggle early on based mm-hmm. on all the like the roster turnover like there is still a lot of roster turnover here but like the core pieces are still there do you think they still start off slow or do you think this season they actually start off really quickly i would say they'll start slower than last year um and i say that because i don't know how much everyone's going to play and I don't anticipate them going full steam ahead early on. Even though, I mean, you are starting off with two big games right away, right? You're starting with Clippers opening night. You're starting with Mavericks Christmas Day. You would expect them to want to get up and, and go for those games. Uh, but I, if I'm remembering correctly, did the Lakers just lose the first game last year and then go out and going to run after that? Like, that yeah, sounds yeah, they, to me. Yeah, they won like almost eight out of every ten games uh, last year. Yeah. So, um I, I don't know if they're... Yeah, so last year, they lost the first one and then won seven in a row after that. Yeah. And they started 7-1. Lost to the Raptors, um, went 7-2, and two, and then didn't lose a game again until they lost to the Mavericks. And they were 17-2 and two last year. Like, that's an incredible start. Yeah, that's... That's a ridiculous start. I mean, they, they, they struggled. Like, they were literally 24-3 and three heading into, like, the four-game losing streak. 24 and 3 is a ridiculous start. So I don't think I'm off pace by saying I don't think they'll match that. I I mean also do you want them to like actually go and try to match that or would you rather have them ease into it and kind of preserve their energy? Like if if they come out is that the basically is that the approach you want them to take? Right. And I would say no. I would say you got to stretch it out. This is going to be like a quick shotgun 72 game season. This is December 22nd to March 3rd. You got three months of just uh-huh. boom, 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 boom. That's a lot of basketball. And se- that's 72 games. And I don't know how many days specifically that is. I'll look it up uh, real quick. But that is a lot of basketball in three months. Take your time. Spread it out. I think the Lakers are good enough and they're deep enough now where if LeBron doesn't play a game or AD doesn't play a game, I'm confident that they could still win a game. Yeah, like I, I, I think... I agree with you. I don't think they should approach it like they did last year. And and obviously there's external factors here that were in place last year. We have the virus. We have the, to recognize that they are coming off this really quick turnaround that I don't know, like, I don't know if there's more of an injury risk because of the less time in the off season. And they're, like you said, they're cramming a lot of games in a really short window. Like, you don't want to get injured in the season because you're trying to win a big game against the Clippers. Like, those games ultimately don't matter, right? It's what happens in the playoffs. So you don't want to kind of waste it all in trying to get a one seed that might not even really matter in terms of home court advantage or fans or anything like that. Is this right? 71 days season? Is that correct? I don't I mean, if it is, that's... that's... I just did an online calculator to calculate the days. Uh, I think that, that I'm looking at the right schedule. December 22nd, 2020. Final game is March 3rd. Is that right? Or is that the first season? That, that seems like that's, really that's, quick. I think that's the first half. I think because we have an all-star 
Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't really know, actually. All right, because that's that doesn't seem that's that not seventy two. I don't think that's right. That yeah, that's not too, right. Yeah. Okay. So either way, that's a lot of games, anyways, in between there. Um, okay, uh, my brain like just farted so hard on everybody <laughs> listening because I was like, ESPN schedule stops March third. That's not the whole schedule. As I was saying it, I was like, that doesn't sound right at all. So okay. That's that's okay. We'll figure it out <laughs> later, but it's a quick season. My point still stands. It's a quick season. It's a lot of basketball in between. So, I'm I don't think they're going to go 24 and 3. I don't think they should try and go for 24 and 3. I think they but I also think they're good enough to still get there even yeah. with guys resting. That's my point. Yeah, I, I agree. And I I think fans should also understand that and not freak out if they start 5 and 5 or 4 and 6 like we saw with LeBron teams in Miami, like those teams started really slow. That's why last season we expected the Lakers to kind of start slow. And because there's an adjustment period, there's a feeling out period with new teammates, new stars. Thankfully, LeBron and AD are here for the, you know, immediate future and going forward. And Frank Vogel and his staff are all back. So it's pretty much the same pieces in place. So you really don't have to freak out if they don't start too strong because we know. You know, LeBron has this extra gear, and he's still able to somehow switch into it. So I, I think they should be confident still. Yeah. Uh, Jason Kidd didn't go anywhere either, huh? No, it's essentially the same staff. Yeah, so same staff, bunch of new players, lots to look forward to. Um, the news that we did miss from last week, obviously we've mentioned that Anthony Davis signed a five-year max. Just quick thoughts, crazy surprised about the full five-year max. That's it. Yeah, I remember last week we talked about what our expectations were, and I think I said the two plus one um, so he can kind of figure out his window with LeBron and what his next steps were. And also, LeBron opted in, which is uh, very crazy, and he signed that extension. So, yeah, I'm... I think that shows a huge vote of confidence to the Lakers organization that he wants to just be here, right? Like he's not doing any options. He's not putting them in a position where they have to hurry up or change their roster to kind of fit what he needs in a short frame and like be afraid he's going to leave or anything like that. This just gives the roster more flexibility. And it's nice to know that you're going to have Anthony Davis for five years and not just one or two and yeah. then see what happens. So to me, that's a, just a giant, giant win for the Lakers, obviously. And then who knows what happens after LeBron's up and we'll see what happens this year. And, and then I don't think we'll be in a position to like where in three years from now, Braun will, will be like, okay, well, my, my kid's in the league now, so let's go draft him. I think it might be like, let's see who drafts my kid and I'll just go sign there. If, if that even gets there, I see these reports and I'm like, man, we're really talking about a 39 year old guy that wanted to play with his son and like it being like an actual thing that could happen. I mean, that sounds like that's his goal, right? Like he wants yeah, to play with Bronny. If he can, like, if anyone can make it happen, it's LeBron and Clutch, LeBron. right? Like, yep. If he'll yep. find a way to make that happen. Shout out to Clutch, by the way. Thanks for delivering. We got yeah. KCP, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. Trez Appreciate well. that. Trez as well. Appreciate that, Rich. Appreciate that for sure. Um, Alex, I saw you wrote a uh, throwdowns this week on Dennis Schroeder. Tell everybody how to subscribe and what you wrote about. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I wrote about Dennis Schroeder and what makes him kind of a unique player. Like We use the word fast to like, to describe a lot of players but i kind of want to get into the details of what makes him specifically fast and how that how the lakers can really utilize that this season and that's something i'm actually going to be looking forward to in the preseason to see 
how his teammates kind of react to his level of speed because the Lakers were a really good transition team last year, but they weren't a fast team. They kind of did it in a different way. So I want to see how that dimension kind of works within the roster. But if you guys are interested in reading that, you can find it on my Twitter and subscribe. It's throwdowns.substack.com. I'm going to make a confession and I'll just, because I'm an honest person, I don't like to lie and pretend like I know what I'm talking about when I don't. Um, I am so curious to watch just Jenna Schroeder day and night out and night in because I did not watch a lot of Thunder basketball in the years. I didn't have to, I'm not seen Schroeder a lot. I've seen him. I know he can play. I know I know what he's capable of, but I'm very much looking forward to just watching him play every single night and see what he can do. And I thought your primer was great. So go ahead and check it out. At Alex M. Regla is his Twitter. Uh, and you always pin the newest one to the top of your profile, right? Uh, I usually don't, but I probably should. <laughs> oh, I thought you did. But okay. Well, that's where you guys can go and find it. So go ahead and do that. And uh, Alex, any final words for the people of Silver Screen Roll? Well, I was going to ask you, like, well, before we go, what is something you're really looking forward to this preseason? Is it watching Dennis Schroeder? Is that is that what you're excited for? Yeah, for sure. For me, it is. I'm very much excited to see what he what he can do. Yeah, I think I, I'm in the same boat, but also really, really curious how this team looks with a center like Marcus All. Like we saw how the Lakers operated with two bigs who basically did the same thing. JaVale and, and Dwight are just lob threats and uh, block shot, like shot blockers and just they stay in the paint. I want to see how they play next to a center who can pass and shoot. Also, uh, we made it, I made a whole uh, we just finished a whole podcast without saying the really uh talking about Kyle Kuzma, but I'm curious to see if he can find himself a role this year. I, a, a, spe- uh, a specific role. Yeah, like that's a whole other podcast subject because I have no idea uh, what Kuzma's role is this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, prediction time for <laughs> Pre- us. Preseason it's back. It is back. Two games before we're back. Uh, both against the Clippers. One Friday night, one Sunday night. Give me your prediction <laughs> about preseason. I'll start when I never start. I'm going 2-0. and Lakers win them both. I, I I don't even know how to predict a preseason game. I'll say I'll say one and one. All right. Well, even you're even like the reason I'm going optimist is because it's preseason and I don't really care. In the regular season, that's where my pessimism comes out. But uh, we'll see what happens. Clippers, Lakers, next two games for preseason. And basketball's here, man. Basketball is here in two weeks. We will have oh, is opening night a Tuesday. I think it's um. It is. Oh, nice. Did we get it last is. last year as well? We got last opening night as well. Wow, and they lost, we got so. lucky. Okay, cool. I'm looking in are the crystal ball future. One, two, three. Not that many Tuesday night games this year. Okay. So we'll start off with opening night, December 22nd. And uh, that's almost Christmas break, though. Hmm. Will I be here? Where am I going? It's COVID. Never mind. Uh, all right, everybody. Subscribe. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Go to silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers news. At Lakers SBN on Twitter. At Alex Padilla is me. At Alex Padilla 86, I mean. Is me on Twitter. At Alex M. Regla is Alex on his Twitter. Subscribe to the Throwdowns. Anything else? That's it, man. I'm looking forward to a new season and hopefully everything works out and everybody stays safe. Yeah, and hopefully the Lakers uh, stay healthy. You know, We'll see what happens there. Alex, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, man.